Nicaragua. Four non-Latino writers at the LA Times who don't understand. And by the way, why would you assign four non-Latino writers to write this story about Latinos who said something untoward? We'll leave that as it is. I, I call that bad journalism. But for example, I make the point that she was saying the kid was misbehaved and the word changuito can easily be used to say a Latino kid is misbehaving. You're not calling him a monkey. You're saying Latino kid is misbehaving. The term is that you're basically saying that. It's just a loaded term. And so there is no getting around that. We can't disconnect things from the racial history, great, the racial great. reality. But, but, but include both, but they didn't. They didn't say, she used a word that many would consider to be. There are some, however, who would say that, you, that Latinos often use that word when describing children who are misbehaving. They didn't do that. They slammed racist on the front page of the newspaper, put her name next to it, and that was the end of it. So in Los Angeles, Latinos are eating their own. Latinos are eating other Latinos. And man, well, heck, you know, apparently there's only four people in all of Los Angeles city politics that represent the Latino point of view. Four. Remember, there's 16 political positions in the city of Los Angeles. Latinos had four. On average, that's much less than most cities in the United States. Compared to Miami, it's a joke. In Miami, it's 60 or 70%. In New York, it's something like 50%. But Los Angeles, where 50% of Latinos reside, they had four. And now they're about to have one because they're kicking three of them out. And who's kicking them out? Well, it's led, of course, by the power brokers of Los Angeles. Probably, most importantly, the Los Angeles Times, which, by the way, has just written an article and they have quoted me. And I'm going to read that to you in just a little bit. And by the way, credit due to the LA Times, they quoted me correctly. They did not misquote me. They represented me fairly. They represented my point of view fairly. They're doing a story about what Latino journalists in the United States think of this supposed scandal that's going on in Los Angeles. And they reached out to me because they wanted to know what I thought. And they represented me fairly. So props to them. If they had done a hatchet job, I would have told you that as well. I'm still not happy with the LA Times because I think they're the ones who are leading this, this mob rule that's taking place. And I'm sorry, I, I don't use those words, you know, I use those words carefully, I should say, because here, l- let me give you an example. This is a, these are people who have not stopped. They're outside Nudie Martinez, the councilwoman who has now resigned, has been shamed, has been banished, has been criticized, is getting death threats, and this is what it sounds like out her, outside her house every day. Take a listen. By the way, I'm I'm looking at pictures here while they're while I'm seeing these people who are screaming and making noises and staying in front of her house for long periods of time. Can you imagine? I mean, this is like a 
man, this is something like out of the dark ages, the middle ages, you know, uh, where entire communities had to go out and, you know, find some target who had maybe done something which was deserving of something like this. You know, maybe you raped a child. Maybe you stole from the public coffers. Maybe you uh, you were a terrorist. Maybe you uh, killed somebody. Maybe you did, you know, something so heinous that it required for the whole town to show up in front of your house and scream at you and embarrass you. And by the way, they even trespassed. I, I was just looking at some video and apparently they went onto her property. Because by the way, I defend their right to do this. Don't get me wrong. They have a right. What they're doing is not illegal. There's a question of morality, maybe, a question of excess, which I obviously think it's a bit excessive, especially when you consider the crime, somebody saying something stupid. And please don't forget, somebody saying something stupid and offensive when they're secretly recorded. Don't take that secretly recorded out of this, because I'm sorry, but that you set up Somebody is recording you and you don't even know they're recording you. And then you let your guard down and you say things like I would say if I was talking to my wife or my kids or my best friend or having a beer with a buddy at a bar or well, maybe not at a bar because that's a public situation. But if I was in a, in a room by myself and I was having a conversation, would I say some untoward things? Of course I would. Of course I would. And so would almost every single person, including those people with those megaphones screaming at this woman, have said stupid, embarrassing things they wish they could take back. Every one of them. Every one of them. You know why? Because they were created by our creator and they're imperfect. And I am imperfect. And you are imperfect. But apparently these people think they're not, you know, that they are in fact perfect because they're, they're screaming at somebody who said stupid, offensive stuff. And even when you study the, 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 the context of the stupid offensive stuff they said, I would even challenge just how offensive it really was. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. Here is the other pro. So, so Nuri Martinez resigned because this woke mob made her resign. Um, now they want the other two Latinos on the council to resign. This is a protest outside Kevin De Leon's home. Here it is. I guess they don't want him to sleep. <laughs> it's just like what they used to do at Bagram in uh, Iraq, where they'd keep the prisoner, the guy awake all day to make him crazy. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, we're going to be here until you quit. And if you come outside, we're probably going to have our way with you. By the way, normal looking house. This guy's not a millionaire. This guy doesn't own, you know, a bank. These, yeah, the, 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 this, this is some local politician, some city council dude, man. You know, while, while there are people at Monsanto and other giant corporations in the United States who are robbing you blind. And, uh, and they're living in mansions and nobody shows up to question what they're doing. But this, some Mexican dude who screwed up in a conversation. They're, you know, they, 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 God. All right. So now here's another one. These are uh, Oaxacans who are protesting outside uh, City Hall. Here we go. So there you go. This is what's going on in Los Angeles. And by the way, um, I'm playing the music, but you can imagine what's behind the music. There's people there. They're so, by the way, that was cool. And that, they, that was 
extremely acceptable and they're not screaming and they're not angry. And, uh, you know, according to, uh, according to the people who are in trouble, they might be short and dark, <laughs> but, uh, which is stupid. You never want to describe people by their, you know, characteristics. But again, is it stupid? Yes. Is it offensive? Yes. Is it something politicians probably do all the time in their turf wars? Do you think the Italians in New York said the same thing about the Irish? Of course they did. Of course they did. Do you think the Polish said the same thing about, uh, about uh, other groups of people in uh, Chicago? Of course they did. Do you think uh, non-Latinos or non-Cubans, Puerto Ricans in Miami say that about others when they're talking in private? Of course they do. It's human nature. It's called a turf war. Politicians for, for, for all of history, going back to Rome and Greece, would sit around and talk about the other guys. Those guys on Fifth Ward, they're jerks, you know, and they're trying to take our turf. And they wear their robes upside down. They're silly and they can't even pronounce their names. And most of them are too short or too dark or too tall or they have big noses or their hair is too greasy. Of course. I mean, what are we talking about? We're going we're gonna to destroy people's lives because they said something stupid and untoward about other people? I mean, come on. Really? And you're going to go after Mexicans for criticizing indigenous people? Do you know what the record is of the America of our country, the United States of America? We didn't call them dark and short. We assassinated them. We we wiped them out. We killed them all, and we created treaties that then we. It, Jesus, this is this is crazy. So Latinos in L.A. are doing everything possible to remove their power base because the L.A. Times said in a secretly recorded conversation they said some ugly stuff. And the reporters who wrote the story don't speak Spanish and do not understand our culture. So that word changuito, which by the way, means rug rat and means hyperactive kid because this woman, Nuri Martinez, was stupid enough to be talking about somebody else's kid, which was stupid and she shouldn't have done it. But I mean, they made it out to be like it was completely racist, where if you really listen to it, she's saying the kid is acting, is misbehaving. Nobody's disciplining him and she needs to be disciplined. And again, I'm not, a, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I condone what she said, but beyond stupid, it wasn't a crime. She didn't say that. And, and when she said the kid should be disciplined, needs a beat down again, hyperbole, 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 stupid stuff. People say in stupid times when they think they're not, when they don't know that somebody's listening to them. So we move on from that, and then we get to this question. Apparently now, I'll read to you what the LA Times says. By the way, I have a guest who's going to share, and she's much smarter than I am, so maybe she's going to just tell me that I'm completely full of crap and about this, this thing. I don't know how you guys feel, since I'm the only Latino in all of America who's defending these people, apparently. I'm it. That's it. I'm all by myself. So she's probably going to tell me as well that I'm wrong to do this. And she is, you know, is comes very well prepared. Editorial, Los Angeles Times. Here we go. Resign. Resign. Already. Council members De Leon and Cedillo, says the LA Times. How much longer, the Los Angeles Times writes, how much longer will Los Angeles wait for council members Kevin De Leon and Gil Cedillo to hang on to their jobs. It's been more than a week since that leaked audio recording revealed deplorable 
and racially divisive comments. From then, City Councilwoman Nuri Martinez de Leon Cedillo and the top county labor official. Martinez and Los Angeles County Federation Labor. Ron Herrera made the right decision last week and resigned. Sorry, I'm acting this out a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> it just seems like they're screaming. I want their heads. Bring me their head <laughs> on a plate. Anyway, and I'm not sure newspapers should do this, but this says so much about the power in L.A. Despite the outcry for De Leon and Cedillo to do the same, the two men have so far refused, while Martinez spewed the most vile comments in the recording. Vile comments. De Leon and Cedillo chimed in as well and added some of their own commentary to solidify uh, their power at the expense of communities and colleagues. So they're even saying here that it was kind of a turf war. This conversation was about Latinos trying to solidify their power. By the way, Latinos have no power in L.A., okay? Latinos, compared to most cities, they have no power. They're weak, extremely weak. And now they're going to be so much more weak because they used to be 25%. What's, uh, yeah, they're four out of 16. That's 25%, right? Yeah. So they used to be 25%. Now they lost nudie, so now they're only three, and they're about to be, and the other two are about to be asked to resign, and eventually they're going to go because how much can they stand this? They've all pretty much already left, so now they're going to have one. So a city with 50% of Latino population will have one person representing them in their city government. One person. And Latinos are the ones who seem to be asking for that because I guess they want, uh, what, uh, African-Americans and Koreans and uh, Milanese or Italians or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those people, but I mean, wouldn't you want some representation? I guess not. Here's the LA Times quoting yours truly. Um, uh, The LA Times writes this article. It's called Latino Media Grapples with How to Cover Nuri Martinez. And they quote mostly people in Los Angeles who think that they're horrible people and should be shot on sight. Of course, I'm exaggerating. But then they go on and they quote me. I'll tell you what, they used a good picture. Um, <laughs> it's like, it really is. Somebody said, you know, hey, it's a great picture. You say, all right, you know, they got something right. Uh, in an October episode of the Rick Sanchez News, host Sanchez on his podcast, who's a former CNN correspondent, uh, defended Martinez as a victim of cancel culture, who he felt was unfairly recorded without her consent and then taken out of context as a Latina. Words in the Latino culture have a different meaning than they do in the English culture, Sanchez said, who is now based in South Florida. He said in an interview with The Times that Sanchez, Sanchez said, it show, the, his show bills itself as a podcast that shatters the stereotypes and misconceptions about Latinos in America. That's nice. That's true because it's what we try to do imperfect as we may be. Martinez had referred to fellow council members, black son, and the Spanish word little monkey, changuito, which many Spanish speakers have interpreted as racist. Said, yeah, of course they did. After the New York, after the LA Times put it in the front page, it's like, it's, it's like in football, right? When the referee says it was a fumble, now you have to prove it wasn't a fumble. It's, so it's essentially, once, it, once it's there, it's a mark. You know, once they mark her as, this woman is racist, what do you think? Uh, oh, uh, I don't like people who are racist. Great, we got one. This woman is a racist, what do you think? Oh, I don't like racist people. Okay, good, we got two. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is the mob mentality creation of the bandwagon effect. She never had a chance. 
So anyway, and, and I get it. It's, it's a hurtful, horrible place to be, and I'm sure she wouldn't even have been able to defend herself against this. Sanchez goes on to say, the term also has a secondary meaning to describe a hyperactive child. So it comes down to context, Sanchez says. I never heard, heard her disparage the child's race. She was directly referring to his behavior, which leads to at least the possible, if not reasonable, conclusion that the term used to describe was his hyperactive nature. Let me read that again. Which leads to the possible, if not reasonable, conclusion that she used the term to describe his hyperactive nature. And we've all agreed here that she was. There was this five or six of us who sat down in a room and said, let's, let's listen to this thing. Because we were told, this is horrible. Oh my God. I thought she had used the N-word 50 times. And instead, when we listened to it, she said, okay, she, she hates this dude. She says he's using his kid as a prop to show off in front of black people. And now she's saying that his kid is a little pain in the ass and, and, and doesn't know how to behave. And that the dad wasn't paying any, any attention to him and that the kid should be disciplined. Now, she didn't say it like that. She used much worse terms, stupid terms, offensive terms. I get it. I get it. She shouldn't have said all that. She should, and, but, but, but it happens. If he was a Latino kid, she would have used the same word, says Sanchez. Sanchez said Martinez was out of line and much of what she, with much of what she said, and much of what she said was stupid. But this onslaught, Sanchez says, this woman is being crucified. She probably will never be able to work again, at least not in this town. And I think that's a bridge too far. I may be the only Latino in the United States standing by this woman, writes the LA Times about Sanchez. But he argued that Latinos were often quick to tear each other down as well. He, said, he cites an old school political parable among Latinos about crabs trapped in a bucket that prevent each other from escaping. I stand by my defense because I know who we are as Latinos, Sanchez said. It seems no one is going to come to this woman's defense. So I will. There you go. Joining us now, our guest, that's a lot to talk about, is Karina Moreno. Uh, she's brilliant. Uh, she writes uh, prolifically. She's a professor of urban policy and planning, uh, graduated from Hunter College, New York City. And uh, we were chatting before uh, we started uh, going on the air here. Uh, Dr. Karina, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? It's great. It's so great to have you on. It's uh, it's nice to have somebody who who brings some uh, reason and some <laughs> some academic chops to this conversation. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a little passionate about this because I I just have seen it just blow up to the point where I'm asking myself and my Latino friends who live in LA. I say, guys. You're literally eating your own here. I mean, you, 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 to begin with, you had very little representation compared to most American cities. And now you're going to have less. And you're the guys who are cheerleading this on. Yeah, take her down, kill her. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying this woman is a paragon of virtue. I'm not saying that I could defend most of the things that she said. But given the fact that it was secretly recorded, and that I've known throughout life and read in books that most politicians in cities like this tend to protect their turf and sometimes do it in untoward ways. I am not shocked, at least, by the language, but I am shocked by the reaction. You say what? Well, okay. I think there are a few important things at play here. One, the way that we process politics 
we have a lot of research that shows that we're drawn to a story, right? We're not drawn to uh, facts themselves or like statistics and numbers and things like that. Like that doesn't make for a compelling story. Um, and I think that that teaches us that we are our words. We are our language, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to 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 point out that her comments, I'm in, I'm in no way again condone. Of course uh, of course, what she said in 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 that audio, um, but I th I think when she's talking about the the black kid, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's very clear that there's an understanding of power dynamics between racial groups. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to to take race out of that story for mm -hmm. for me personally. Um, so that's one thing that I would point out. The other thing, I mean, Latinos by the way, just just to stop on that, um, I'm not sure there's a way to take race out of any conversation in yeah. the United States of America uh, at this point. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think if we, I mean, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't want to be reduced to some generic like I. You know, when people were saying we're using like the colorblind language, like I, I don't want someone to see me and, and erase, you know, that I'm a female, that I'm an immigrant, that I'm uh, a native uh, Spanish speaker. You know what I mean? I mean, I, right. I, would, I, I agree. I don't think that there are conversations that are uh, honest uh, or, or complete when they exclude race. Mm -hmm. I mean, the times that we've seen that happen, we know that. That in itself is a big power move um, that you don't have to, you know, that we have this white centrality when when we come to talk about things. And that's sort of just like the default and it's sort of assumed. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the, the reality of, of, of the United States, right? Um, and, 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 and I do think before we leave this that sometimes the pendulum can swing too far. I have these conversations sometimes with my kids who are much more woke than I am. And I will use a term in normal conversation to refer to something that is dark or something that is black. And they will say, dad, you're being racist. And I, I'm like, why? And they'll say, cause you can't say black and you can't say dark. Um, and so I, you know, I like a dark comedy, you know, that was a, well, dad, what do you mean dark comedy? It's like, well, I, I meant well, dark comedy in, 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 in the, in the classic uh, Shakespearean way where, and they'll, they'll look, yeah, but there was a, but there was a black guy in that movie that you're saying was a dark comedy. So obviously you're referring to him and we get into these conversations all the time today and it's like, slow so, down. I mean, what the hell? Right? They pointed out something really important, which is, I mean, you 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 mentioned like Latinos eating their own, right? Yeah. And we are fragmented in many ways. I mean, for me, it starts with like first the umbrella of the term Latino. When what are we talking about? There, you know, how many how many countries are umbrellaed in this term? Yeah. Right. Um, but we also see. I think what's really important here is that we see the 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 factor of age, right? Where hmm. it's, I think it, it is younger people who are leading the way and holding this person accountable. Because again, it doesn't matter if you are, you know, if that was, uh, recording was in secret, 
we should be accountable for the, again, we are our words, we are our language. And, and I, I, I do believe that Latinidad is fragmented in many pieces. We can see that age is one of them here where they're, hmm. I think that it's right to say, we, we, we're not going to take this idle stance. We're not going to take this passive stance when it comes to racism. Um, but we do with everything else. We, I mean, I'm sorry, doctor, but I, can I just say this? Can I just say this? If we could yeah. muster half the energy that I'm seeing in Los Angeles against some councilwoman who, by the way, in the scheme of things, is pretty powerless, all things considered, you know, being one of four people in a city that doesn't really give a crap about you or anything else. Um, because if they did, you would be 50% of the people in that council, which represents the population of Latinos in the United States. But I digress. If those Latinos outside her house threatening her and outside now demanding the resignation of all these other Latino politicians spent half of what they're spending there going after the people who go after us, the horrible, offensive, discriminatory nature of politicians in America today, mostly on the right, but on the left as well, who are not getting their jobs done, who are not giving us our just desserts, who are giving us 3% of the representation in this country, despite the fact that we're 20% of the population. I mean, if you could, t if you can do this to these three people, where the hell are you? Latino friends of mine, my colleagues, my brothers, my socios, my vatos, where the hell are you when I hear people say we're rapists and criminals and when you hear politicians get our vote but do nothing for us? I mean, dale, that's where you need to be. Pardon me again for being so passionate. I, I, I would challenge the point about Latino power and, and where it exists. I, I think you're right. I think a lot of the time it's a, it's a very, very minimal and close to nothing. I think what we're seeing though is Latino power in the sense that it had it they these protests have been led by Latino have Latino leaders mm -hmm. that have asked for the resignation of of these members on some city council. I mean that is uh, power building. That is coalition building. Hmm. Um so Latinos Latinos don't go after anybody, but they go after their own, stirred by very powerful non-Latinos like the town's newspaper, the other politicians, and the other members of the Latino City Council who are not Latinos. And they come to the defense of everybody but their own, and they jump on that bandwagon and start beating it. I, I don't know, doctor. I, it looks to me I, like they didn't come to these decisions on their own. I think they were led to this decision. I understand them saying, I feel bad that one of our own has said something offensive, but resignation, destruction, you know, you know, uh, rallies outside people's homes. I mean, I've seen much worse said and that didn't solicit this kind of reaction. I'm sorry, your opinion. Uh, I think that's true. I, I mentioned that I was really surprised that this became a national story because uh, I think you're right. Oftentimes people don't really care about uh, the population that we refer to as Latinos, which again, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that becomes somewhat problematic and that it's a humongous umbrella and like, who exactly are we talking about? But I, I, I agree. We don't have much power to begin with. We're often, um, like used in a very like symbolic way with the gesturing and the posturing, um, 
so it's it's a complicated issue. It's a, it's a really complicated issue because again, I don't condone this woman's uh, words and, and language in, in that audio. And I think it's an important lesson to draw from this this whole thing is that we are we will be held account accountable, just like you know, hopefully like everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, we will be held accountable, and we need to we need to be mindful of of what we are like how we represent our our own as well and i think um, the, i think the point i'm making is not that we don't need to do that i agree and these people should be held accountable for the stupid thing they said they should be accountable for saying things that were offensive and offending um but if I, if I if, I, if professor yes. if i'm going to live in a world where at any moment someone's going to secretly record me and then take that recording and give it to my local newspaper. And they're going to make a front page story saying uh, Dr. Karina Moreno uh, kidding with a girlfriend of hers or a buddy of hers. And they were having a martini and we recorded their secret conversation. And she said the following, blah, blah, blah. That wouldn't be fair to you. And I would defend you unless you said you want somebody to die or you were planning to commit a crime. But if you just... Uh I fortunately have people who have pointed out when I have been insensitive and, and those are learning opportunities. Exactly. Right? Ex um, now you've made my point. If yeah. this, you know, I, I, I got in trouble once for saying things about Jewish Americans that I wish I hadn't said and then learned that because I said that I was not taking into account the Ashkenazi experience that whenever you say that uh, Jewish Americans are successful, historically, after that, they've kind of gotten the hammer. You know, it's like, oh, they're too successful. We got to get rid of them kind of thing. And I didn't realize that, but I learned it and then apologized and moved on. That's what we have to do. But my God, this beatdown. I, I am curious how this registers. So we know that it, became, it becomes this national story. We know that the audio is going around. I am curious as to its effects long-term Uh what are the lessons that we are drawing from this? I'll tell you what the lesson is for me. Um, Los Angeles is a democratic town, right? It's a democratic town run by Democrats. They're the ones who are supposedly the ones who we as Latinos relate to because they hear our pain. They're constantly telling us that the Republicans are bad people because they do mean things and say mean things, which they're right. They do, you know? I mean... But, but 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 here is a democratic no. town. Yes, no. I'll just finish my point. Here here is a democratic town, Los Angeles. Here's my takeaway: where Latinos are probably less represented politically than any other big city in the United States, and when they make a mistake, the power brokers in that community gang up on them, and even Latinos join that gang and they take them down and banish them. That's the story I'm hearing. So. Who do we want to align ourselves with? Democrats? Why? Well, that's a whole other conversation. And, you know, I've I've written about this, about how the Democratic Party has essentially offered zero, like, material gains um, when it comes to, to Latinos in the U.S., to immigration reform that so many, you know, a million families need. Um I mean, we just had like another DACA decision in the courts. Like this, this was an Obama program. It, hmm. Nowhere but in the U.S. is temporary relief. You know, this this program that was created to to provide relief. It's been a decade 
in in what other country is temporary relief a decade? So I I I would be the first to to criticize the Democratic Party on its you know on, on its actions and and hold it accountable that it has not moved the Latino agenda forward, even though it you know comes around every election cycle pandering to us mm-hmm. and and asking us to vote for them with nothing but the message that they are not the Republicans. They are not Trump, right? I I think that we need to be a little bit more selective and a little bit, we need to challenge the party and say there there has to be more message. There has to be more substance than we're not Trump. We're not Republicans. Exactly. We're not Trump. (laughs) The Democratic Ben Trump. Hey, vote for us. We're not Trump. <laughs> to me, that is the Democratic Party message. We're not Trump, and it, it really—I, I mean, they got a, away with it this time. I'm not sure how they do it again if they don't have a substantial message. Latino voters. I mean, we—it's—it's it's interesting because we are fragmented. We are the largest growing minority. We don't use that power really. I mean, we just don't show up to vote. Yep. And I think. I think it's a statement in and of itself that we don't find a candidate worth getting out of bed for to go vote on election day. Um, and again, and like we're, we're using national politics, right? Where I, I, I would point out that local. Uh, well, let's talk about local. And you know what? Here's an example. I mean, I hate to say this. I hate to say this, doctor, but, um, you know, we're talking to uh, Dr. Karina Moreno. You can uh, read her writings, by the way. They're in uh, uh, Jacobin and in uh, several other places. And she, she, she's, she's a very good writer and expresses her point of view and I think represents the Latino truths just like we do in many ways. But if we let's let's do that. Let's here's an example that, you know, we can't help but make a comparison to Mm -hmm. South Florida. All right. And uh, Southern California, South Florida is generally more Republican than it is Democrat in terms Mm -hmm. of the Latino voting base in South Florida. Latinos have five of the seven mayorships. In other words, of the seven municipalities, five of them are Latinos in South Florida. They have 70% (laughs) 70 percent of the uh, of the cabinet or pardon me, the uh, council positions in the city councils of uh, Miami Dade uh, or Miami city government. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so I mean, that's that's beyond even representation. Now let's look at Los Angeles. They have 16 seats and they have four and now they're about to have one. And when 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 somebody messes up, they get no, rep, no no backing, no endorsement, and they basically throw them away like they're dish towels. I so, see that, and I'm wondering, what good is it to be a Democrat then? Well, I think that that's a really fair point. I I, I agree with that 100, percent and and again would would challenge our own people to to think about that and and to really push for our our needs and wants instead of just platitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a I don't think that comparison is, is as useful as it seems on just like face value. Right. Um, because because again, uh, Latinos in in you're refer, you're talking about Miami. Yeah. I would say a lot of them come from different immigration policies. A lot of them come from Cuba. A lot of them come, yeah, they, Venezuela, that's why they, right, more Argentina, yeah, right. Mm. So 
and then when we talk about LA, I mean, you kind of take for granted that Latinos here are, it refers to Mexicans because right. overwhelmingly the 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 well, and also uh, guatemaltecos and Ecuadoreños, and you know, there's there's this whole immigration more. policies make it more difficult to vote to participate like in traditional electoral processes, what whatever level that be. Um, so. Yeah, I would say there were, there is more representation in South, you know, in in Florida, like you're saying, but mm-hmm. it's not. It, it's such different circumstances here. You tend to have more families who are recipients of immigration policies that they don't have the the status to to be able to participate. So, but you're not. But but my point is, you know, here we have this situation manifesting itself, and you literally have Latinos cheering for non-latinos almost as if they 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 see themselves as citizens in a city where they have to be they have to defend more the rights of african americans not that there's anything wrong with that or the uh what's the other group out there jerry that they're that are apparently they're in trouble for the for uh, armenians Yes, apparently, you know, so Latinos have to be super woke and defend the rights of Armenians and African-Americans and non-Latinos and make sure that they protect them. It seems to me more than they're protecting themselves. It's like, um, I I don't I don't get it. I mean, if you if you want power, go get it. Go get it. Create that power amongst yourselves. Create a community. I don't see it. It, It's frustrating for me. It is. It is. We we have not been successful at, you know, people talk about Latinidad all the time. And when you're on the ground in different communities, you see that that that's really broken, you know, that we don't really mean that in a way that crosses our, our country of origin Our you know, we see a lot of we we let a lot of bad behavior happen to people. Who to Latinos without any protections, um, and don't you know? I mean, we get angry, but there's no real power there. We're not really um, coming to the aid of of those who are most vulnerable in our in our group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I so think there something they're... to about, not something to really. It's a puzzle. I don't know. I There's don't this know. general feeling as well in our community that people get away with saying whatever they want about Latinos as long as they say they're really not talking about Latinos, just the immigrants who are undocumented. So I can say whatever the hell I want about Latinos as long as I'm talking about the undocumented ones. And I and I and I find both the left and the right using that as their excuse. So if oh, a person, if, if a person I, from I, if a if a person from Canada came down here, or in fact the great the vast majority of undocumented people in the United States did not come from the southern border. They actually came on a plane and overstayed their visas. But I don't hear people calling those people feral hogs or diseased or, or rapists or criminals. Only the people from the southern border who have overstayed their visas or are undocumented. Those are all these terms that I just used, and and I hear that language on both sides, and that's. That's exactly. what we should be fighting yeah. and explaining. I've been, you know, it's it's sort of um, it's sort of saddening when I am among like really intelligent people, and you know, someone will say, 
but don't you think it should just be the good ones like you? And I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I just love the face that I get when I, say, I came here uh, undocumented. Right. I, 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 I am a visa overstaying. I didn't come here, you know, this this right way that that we hear all the time because there isn't any right way for Mexico in in terms of getting a, a visa and being able to to make that that move with your family it became more and more complicated um when the federal government itself had begged mexican workers to come here and, and work uh in different industries industries during the second world war for example so i, I think there are many contradictions and and i absolutely understand what you're saying and it's true and it's sad that there is a language that can you know sort of even divides us among that line of uh legality yeah and 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 that goes back to what i see in los angeles i see a story that developed when four non-latino writers at the la times four non-latino writers at the la times who don't understand and by the way why would you assign four non-Latino writers to write this story about Latinos who said something untoward? We'll leave that as it is. I, I call that bad journalism. But four Latino writers write a story in the Los Angeles Times about a conversation involving Latino representatives, and they don't even bother to check to see if there's maybe some different uh, variations of the language that was used. For example, I make the point that she was saying the kid was misbehaved and the word changuito can easily be used to say a Latino kid is misbehaving. You're not calling him a monkey. You're saying Latino kid is misbehaving. The term is that you're basically saying that. So it's anyway, wait, go ahead. I know. No, we, we're going to go around and circle. It's just a loaded term. And so there is no getting around that. Is As soon as you mention that word, it's it's not you know, we agreed earlier. We can't disconnect things from the racial history, great, the racial great. reality. But, but, of this but include both. But they didn't. They didn't say she used a word that many would consider to be. There are some, however, who would say that you that Latinos often use that word when describing children who are misbehaving. They didn't do that. They slammed racist on the front page of the newspaper, put her name next to it, and that was the end of it. That was the end of it, doctor. There's, you know, you can it mitigate is, things. You is, could, you know, I mean, you, you, you can't is, mitigate. I'm going to go tonight, get a gun and kill my neighbor. You can't mitigate that. But you can you can mitigate words, you know, if 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 and it's different than the N word. But but let's leave that alone. Here's my bigger point. It tells me when L.A.'s woke Democratic newspaper and its leaders, God bless them do this with a story about Latinos, to me, part of it is because they don't understand us and they don't understand the way that we think. Just like last week when Nancy Pelosi said, trying to criticize Republicans who are sending Latinos to other countries, the immigrants, Nancy Pelosi was quoted as saying, what a shame they're doing this. These immigrants, think of the farmers in Florida who could have used them to pick their fruit. Adios mio. So right. what, what you're saying with that comment, my dear leader of the entire Democratic Party, is you don't know crap about us. You don't Except understand that. that we are 
the, 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 the fifth biggest economy in the world that we work 42 hours a week compared to Anglos who work 33 hours a week, that 80% of us are U.S. citizens, that we're doctors, we're nurses, we're professors, we're communicators. You don't know this if you say something that stupid, my dear friend, Miss Pelosi. And, and yeah, this is no, other than we are more than than the people who deliver, you know, <laughs> your takeout in a, in the middle of a blizzard. And cut I your mean, lawn, right? We hear those comments all 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 the time, and it is infuriating. But unfortunately, we are a, a small minority. I think the most visible um, representation of us tends to be this very skewed illustration of the criminal right of the the moocher the one that came yep. here without permission uh intending yep. to rape all the women and to live off that, of food that, stamps and take that's how, that's how hollywood portrays us and we are cast five percent of the movies even though we're 20 percent of the population 37 percent of the time when we're cast we're cast as criminals like you just said so yeah that's the dominant narrative um and and on a on a bigger scale, I would question. Yeah, I would. I, I would take that into account when we talk about this topic. What are, What are we doing in challenging that broader narrative? Like how How can we work on that? Because that's that's something that we need. We need to. Change. And my my point is, in LA, we're agreeing with it. That's what we're doing. This scandal shows me that we just agree with it because we think we're bad people, obviously, because we're not going to cut a human being a break because they said something stupid in a secretly recorded conversation and rather allowing her to come forward and say, look, what I said was so incredibly stupid and I, and I know I offended people and I want to apologize. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make this better by doing the following. I am now going to whatever that thing may be and please give me a chance. She never even got a chance to do that. She was immediately, immediately told she's a miserable, horrible human being who deserves to be banished from this society. And that's what we are telling somebody who's one of us. I mean, well, come on. We're saying that we won't condone racist remarks, right, in conversation, whether they be private. Um, and, and again, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm very drawn to the issue of, of uh, and I, I'm not sure. So you you mentioned like the people who originally came out with the story in the LA Times. They're not Latino. Uh, of course, they're not. Not Latino uh, yeah. people or writers, right? Yeah. Um, we we often get bogged down to our identities, and uh, I mean, how many people have said that? Like, oh, you're you're Latina. You have the advantage now because people are seeking you out when it comes to like looking for a job, for example, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, why people will say that to me. And I'm like, <laughs> it's offensive. It's offensive that to, to think that that alone uh, gets you through the, you know, to, to higher ranks. But she, she, what, what I find really interesting in her conversation is that she's talking about props. And so she understands that like, she's, She's been used as a prop herself. You, so have you. So have I. Yes, of course. Yes, and 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 people will say, "I happen to be a Latino who was born in Cuba." So I've heard and will hear people say that Cubans are a pain in the ass. They're very loud and very obnoxious. And by the way, we kind of are, and uh, in many ways that we think more of ourselves than we do others. We're kind of conceited. I mean, I've I've heard it all. 
I mean, th this whole idea that because she said, well, Hawkins were dark and short, that we have to hate her now because she said, well, Hawkins are short and dark. I mean, is it stupid? Yes. Is it offensive? Possibly? Yes. But my God, we're just, come on. <laughs> we, you know, you could say a lot worse stuff and a lot worse stuff has been said. And you have to take into account it was a secretly recorded conversation. She didn't call a news conference to say, well, Hawkins are short and dark. <laughs> you know? I, I, I unfortunately think that we, you know, we, we, we should have our, we should participate in our conversations, even as if, you know, in terms of, as if everything was being recorded, you know, the same way that people advise you to take care of your social media and whatnot. I mean, that's essentially what we're saying is be sensitive and be mindful. But what kind of conversation will we foster in this country if we have people secretly recording others and then giving their statements to the L.A. Times, who then selectively picks out words to declare that this human being is no longer uh, a, a, vi a viable human being because they are, quote, racists? Who can live in a world like that? I don't want to. I'm I moving. wish the conversation had become, you know, it had looked at the the way that we're often used as props, um, and the way that she describes the 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 black kid as as you know people are using him as as a prop. She said he misbehaved. Uh, she said he was acting like a little jerk. That he needed to be disciplined, and that he was acting like a little changuito, which I interpreted as acting like a, a little rug rat, a misbehaved kid, a brat, and that the, his father was paying no attention to him while he was doing that, and that well, she and two other friends had to out. come in and discipline and take care of the child. When you put that context into it. When you put what I just said into it, as a, as a, instead of just saying, oh, she called the kid a monkey. So if I come to you and I said there was a conversation where I heard a woman call a kid a monkey and you don't say, what was the context? What else was said? What were they talking about? Why were they talking about it? And all you say is, call the kid a monkey. That's it. Kill her. Well, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I disagree here because, again, like that's a very loaded word and there the history of it in the U.S. Uh, carries so much meaning, and so I, I would I, I I don't have any excuses for for her there. Um, but again, it it that's in, word policing, in, in though, doctor. That's word that's okay. word policing. That's they're, word they're policing. They're talking about like power dynamics, yeah, right? And and I guess how that's racialized. I I I really wish that we were talking about. The, the, those topics about how we are, how people are used as as props to to signal something to to voters. I mean, certainly, I, I'm sure you have been trotted mm. out as like the diversity and whatever you know at whatever place. I mean, people have done that to me as well, and yeah. it's infuriating. We well, I'll tell you this: you are um, you are smart, you are capable, you are you are you're a really good person to have this conversation with because you obviously are very prolific writing about this. It's obvious that when we talk about this, you're thinking through it. And this conversation that you and I had, even where we disagree, which is, which is cool. We should we disagree. My God, if we lived in a world where everybody agreed with everything they said, we, I wouldn't want to live in that world either, by the way. So I think this is important. I mean, I, th this is all I want to do is kind of foster a conversation about this because the way I'm looking how this is being played out in Los Angeles, 
there is no conversation. It's, pardon me, it's black and white. They're horrible human beings who need to be banished. And there is nothing there that is, uh, that is mitigable. Nothing, nothing at all. One of the main things uh, that that Mexican families would tell me when I was doing, you know, when I was out gathering like my own my own research um, in the state of Arizona, you know, they the Arizona had that show me your papers law um, in 2010, and one of the things that I would ask uh, Mexican families is like, why is nobody protesting? Why is nobody hmm. voicing opposition to this? And and a lot of them would say, you know, you know why? Because in this country, it, it, it's this dichotomy of black and white. And so we don't even exist oftentimes in the conversation. Hmm. And, and so I see that at play here of things becoming, you know, primarily black and white. Um, hmm. But I also see that it's, that it took off as a national story. And that could be a good that could be a good thing if we had some cohesive narrative um, that was democratic and lefty and, and, mm-hmm. and again, cohesive in the sense that like we were supporting each other. I hope so. I hope so. Because again, I'm not here to defend any of the things that they said, but I am here to tell you that the reaction has been way beyond the pale compared to the reaction I've seen when other people have said untoward things about us. In fact, it's been way different. And, 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 and I think that's wrong. And I think we have to get over this Monday mentality, this Monday mentality that exists among us, where we're here to please rather than to empower. We need to get to that point where we can empower ourselves and empower others to understand us. And that way we'll be able to uh, stake our ground, you know, uh, in, in, in this country and, you know, in this world. And not in a mean way, but in a, benefit, in a beneficial way. You know, I say como yo lo veo. That's 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 how I see it, and and that's why we do this podcast. You know, Rick Sanchez News on Agua Media. That's that's why we do this. Because if if you and I don't have these conversations, Doctor, I don't think anybody else is going to. You know, I don't think anybody. I've actually asked people from L.A. to join me to talk about this, and because they read what I was quoted as saying in the L.A. Times, they say, "No, I don't want to talk to you," because now I guess I'm a racist too. <laughs> you know. Because I'm saying we should we should give people the benefit of the doubt when they say stupid things. Well, you can't do that in this world anymore. There's no benefit of the doubt. The LA Times says she's a racist, so she must be a racist. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I would just, yeah. There, there are a few things that I would be careful with, and and one of them is like uh, saying this mob mentality took over. At at some level, you do see grassroots action. Um, being leaded by Latinos themselves. So yeah. there to acquire, is to acquire, yeah, they're, they're, they're leading a, um, they're, they're leading a, a, a cause, uh, a rally to get themselves to have 1% of the, uh, ownership or of the representation of a city where they are 50% of the yeah. population. Well done. Yay. Way to go Latinos. Yeah, that's like playing a game where you lose by a hundred. You lose a game twenty to nothing, and then you congratulate yourself for a job well done. I sorry, uh, I'm not impressed. Not impressed. We we need to be forward and, and talking about who who we want and on that city council, who we want in those seats, and and how they're going to work for us. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. If you would have recorded this dude Bonin, 
when he's having a private conversation or if you were recorded the uh, Armenians in the city council when they're having a private conversation or if you were recorded the African-Americans in that city council when they're having a private conversation, I can almost guarantee you, no, I do guarantee you that you would have heard offensive, uh, untoward stuff as well because they are human beings and they are imperfect. I'm still thinking about Nancy Pelosi and the- <laughs> Yeah, the one, who, the one who thinks that we're all fruit pickers or something. Anyway, look, this is great. I'm I'm so glad. I, I, I love uh, a discourse where we get to share different ideas. And I'm sure there are those in my audience who are going to think that I am completely off base and completely full of crap on this. And that's okay. And I, and I hope you let me know. Please write to me. Tell me. Help me better understand this. Maybe, maybe I just don't get it. Uh, I'm looking at a bigger picture, not just one statement made in one time, caught in a moment. And I think that's kind of the way I live my life. So, and that's why I love being able to talk to somebody like Dr. Karina Moreno. Look her up. She's fantastic. And thank you, doctor, for joining us. And thank you for make, taking part in this important conversation. Thank you. Thank God, you for having me. God bless. Appreciate it. So this is, uh, as you know, Rick Sanchez News. We're a part of Agua Media. Tell your friends about us. Share what we do with others because it's really important to us. And I think it's important for all Latinos to have these conversations so we can grow from them. And I also want to say that uh, you should uh, look at us as much as you possibly can and then tell your friends about us. And also, if you could, do me this favor. Leave a review. Leave a review. Tell me what you think. I mean, it says you can put one through five and then leave a comment. I, I would love to know if you think we're thinking in, along the proper lines or if I'm totally off base. And I want to know what you think. That's important to me. That's important to us. And that's how we grow and we get better. And if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, subscribe. There you go. It's Dali. Andale. And vamos con todo. Agua. 